0: welcome friends this is the day that the lord has made let us rejoice and be glad in it god's word is a lamp to our feet and a light to our path god's word is our heritage forever and the joy of our hearts we serve a faithful and gracious god and since god is faithful to forgive let us begin by praying and confessing our sins together O faithful God, your words fall on hardened ground when our worldly anxiety and our attachment to wealth crowd out your place in our lives. Forgive our frail and human ways and cultivate in us a spirit of trust and faithfulness for you are our hope for deliverance. Amen. Brothers and sisters, when sin overwhelms us, God forgives our transgressions. So be at peace, for God restores and strengthens you. In Jesus Christ, we are loved and free. Thanks be to God. And may the peace of Christ be with you, my friends. Know that you are forgiven and free. Let us live our thanks through obedience to God. Hear now God's will for us. The book of Galatians says those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking and envying each other. May the Spirit of God guide us to be obedient this word. Amen. I'm going to be reading and proclaiming God's word from the book of Romans, and as we prepare to do that, let's ask God to illumine our minds and our hearts. Let's pray. God, your word goes out and does not return empty. By your Spirit, open our minds to your word this day, so that we might walk according to your ways for the sake of Jesus, in whose name we pray. Amen. I'm reading today from the New Testament book of Romans, chapter 8, verses 1 to 11. Romans 8, verses 1 to 11. Hear God's word for us today. And so he condemns sin in the flesh in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us, who do not live according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Those who live according to the sinful nature, the flesh, have their minds set on what the flesh desires. But those who live in accordance with the Spirit have their minds set on what the Spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and its peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of the flesh, but are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, This is God's word for us today. Thanks be to the Lord. I do feel tremendously privileged to be a Christian and to enjoy the very spirit of God. The people of God are spiritual people, possessing God's own spirit. The Apostle Paul wanted Christians to know the privileges of life in the Spirit, As believers in Jesus. And so we're going to talk about several of those. One privilege is no condemnation. No condemnation. The text says there is now no condemnation, no judgment for us who are in Christ. God has pronounced a verdict And that decision is final. We have been united to Christ by means of God's Spirit. Since God condemns neither you nor I, there is no need whatsoever to condemn ourselves or other believers. Since no condemnation is our reality as Christians, We are to believe this promise of God and swim in his wonderful privileges. Believe that the sin issue has been taken care of once for all through the life and death of Christ. And if you don't feel forgiven, then put yourself in a position to believe. It would be silly to go into the bathroom, turn on the shower, and then just Stand in the middle of the bathroom without getting under the shower head. It would be weird because you did not put yourself in a position to actually become clean. You might believe that a shower and using soap and shampoo will make you clean. But if you don't actually avail yourself of the privilege of actually taking the shower, but just stand there and look at it, you won't really be clean. We must put ourselves in a position to experience the privilege of knowing our wonderful state of cleanliness, of no condemnation, of no judgment, by actually reading the Word of God on a regular basis, by praying in the Spirit on all occasions, by practicing the silence and solitude and other spiritual disciplines necessary to receive the cleansing work of the Holy Spirit. Two people are declared married in a formal wedding ceremony. The couple then works out their shared union together over a lifetime, ideally. The minister does not pronounce condemnation at the ceremony. He declares a blessing. Yet from that point forward, the two people must work on their relationship, on their marriage they must believe their relationship is important enough to warrant putting themselves in a position to grow together. They will do things like intentionally create date nights and conversations on the couch. They'll seek to learn and appreciate and participate in the other person's interests and life. Just as we do not marry ourselves and pronounce ourselves a married couple, so we do not save ourselves. However, having a marriage license does not mean there is no effort to be done in the relationship. The late Dallas Willard said, Grace is not opposed to effort. It is opposed to earning. Earning is an attitude. Effort is an action. Grace, you know, does not just have to do with forgiveness of sins alone. It does have to do not only with our salvation, but with our sanctification and practically becoming holy. A marriage is both a legal reality and a kind of mystical union between two persons. It's a beautiful thing to be in a relationship where there is no condemnation. Because of Jesus Christ, we are free to be the people God created us to be, forgiven no longer burdened by the condemning voices of guilt and shame and that's just one privilege another privilege of life in the spirit is freedom freedom from sin and death in holy scripture sin is not only a personal struggle but it is a present ubiquitous pervasive reality in this world the power and presence of sin is found everywhere there is personal sin institutional sin systemic sin sin is everywhere and because it is death is everywhere biblically death refers to more than physical death because it's also a relational term death means relational separation from god And conversely, life is relational connection with God. God did all the action necessary to make the union possible between us and the Lord. God sent the Son. God became incarnate. God's Son became a sin offering, an atoning sacrifice for our sins. God condemned sin in sinful humanity. God met the righteous requirements of the law. God effects holiness in us by means of the Spirit. Rather than saving us from this terrible plight of sin and then simply telling us to go and live a holy, upright life, God the Father and God the Son sent God the Holy Spirit to actually indwell us so that we can live like Jesus, so that we can live into the words and the ways and the teachings of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we must put ourselves in a position to experience life through dwelling in the scriptures and letting the Spirit and the Word work together to effect practical change in our lives. Third privilege that we enjoy, with life in the Spirit, is having the very mind of Christ. A problem we all face is that we do inhabit a fallen world. Our mindset can easily get all screwed up. If we want life and peace, we need the mind of Christ and the Spirit when whatever our minds are occupied with is what determines whether we will have life and peace or not. If the objects of our thoughts, interests and affections are continually away from Christ and the Spirit, we will experience death, that is separation, not life that is connection. But if we put ourselves in a position to uh, indulge the sinful nature, the flesh, We're going to miss connection. We're going to miss life. An undisciplined mind only leads to relational separation. The addict knows there are two choices. There's life or there's death. There's connection or there's separation. The first of the 12 steps of AA, Alcoholics Anonymous, is to admit that I am powerless over alcohol and that my life has become unmanageable. The second step is to believe that a power greater than myself can restore me to sanity. The third step is to turn my life and my will over to that power. We may not be alcoholics, but it is the same for us all. We are all powerless over sin, which will, if left unchecked, lead to separation and death. But in the spirit, not the alcoholic spirits, we have life. Sin, like alcohol, is a daily possibility, even after giving my life and my will to God. Yet there is also always the possibility of life and connection. And that hope of life comes with possessing the mind of Christ and the spirit. We have hope that through the spirit's power we will overcome the power of choices that lead to death and instead embrace choices that lead to life so whatever we put our into our minds that is vitally important a fourth privilege that's mentioned in today's text the spirit actually inhabits and indwells us. Wow. The Spirit is the distinguishing mark of the believer in Jesus. The Spirit opposes the sinful nature and expects us to do the same. There's no need to try and live the Christian life on our own power when we possess spiritual power. There does exist an internal struggle within us that desires to do right, but has a compulsion to do otherwise. Yet the indwelling spirit gives us victory. Jesus lived the life for us that we could not live ourselves. Christ's life, as much as his death, achieved salvation from sin for us. Maybe I need to say that one again. Don't want you to just pass over that. The life of Jesus Christ, as much as the death of Christ, achieved salvation from sin for us. The very same spirit that helped Jesus live his life and raised him from death is the same spirit whom we possess. When I was a kid, I remember my grandma um, canning grape preserves. She had a grapevine in, in her backyard, and when I was little, I would, when the time was right I, and the grapes were ripe, I would go out and pick them and bring them to her, and I would sit on a stool in the kitchen and watch her. Oh, because I was looking forward to having some of those grape preserves on my next piece of toast. And I once asked her, Why are you melting that wax over the fruit? Because she was canning the preserves. I didn't understand how wax could make my my toast (laughs) and my uh, great preserves jelly on the toast taste any better. And Grandma answered, The wax seals the jar tightly so the fruit can't be contaminated. If I didn't seal it, the fruit would eventually rot. Of course, I was a kid. I was an amateur in the canning business at the time. I could see the importance of picking the grapes. Uh, I could see the importance of boiling them and even canning them. But I did learn the importance of sealing and preserving what the work that was done. You and I are God's preserves. God not only chose us, redeemed us and called us to life in the Son. God also had a plan for preserving us as heirs of eternal life. God gave the indwelling spirit so that we can live as we ought, free from sin, doing the will of God through spiritual power working within us. I do hope today, my friends, that you have a deep appreciation for the privileges we enjoy of no condemnation, freedom from sin, possessing the mind of Christ and the power that we have because of the indwelling Spirit of God. And more than that, that you will avail yourselves of this tremendous gift of the Spirit and experience life and peace each and every day. Let's pray. O gracious God, fill us with the knowledge of your will through all spiritual wisdom and understanding. May we live lives worthy of the Lord Jesus and please him in every way, bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God, being strengthened with all power according to your glorious might, so that we may have great endurance and patience, joyfully giving thanks to you, For you have rescued us from the dominion of darkness and have brought us into the kingdom of the Son you love, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Amen. And it was a privilege to have you join me today. And I look forward to us doing it again. And as we go out in the world, an attempt to live righteously and uprightly and with holiness and integrity and purity, connecting with God, connecting with our neighbor, loving God, loving neighbor, we go not with condemnation, not with a curse. We go with the very blessing and the Spirit of God. So may the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God the Father, and the encouragement of the Holy Spirit be with you all today and every day. Amen. Go in peace, brothers and sisters, to serve the Lord.